Welcome to the podcast of Central Church. This is our latest weekly message. Tonight, it is Pentecost, and so we're going to have some time towards the end of our service where we um, just spend some time being open to God and to the Holy Spirit and have a few different things going on, which will be fun. Um, But before we get into that... I really wanted to just take a week, um, for those who, you know, are regulars here, this year in 2019, we're working our way through the Sermon on the Mount, and so we've been slowly preaching through um, the passages of Scripture that were collated by Matthew as some of the key teachings of Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, and um, last week, it was last week, wasn't it? I've forgotten already, it's terrible. Last week, we finished... The six of the, you have heard it said, but I tell you. So after the Beatitudes at the very beginning of Matthew, and there's a little bit on salt and light, and then Jesus talking about fulfilling the law, he then goes into a series of, you have heard it said, and he talks, he quotes Old Testament law, and then he takes us to a new place as kingdom people, um, where he's pushing us, I suppose, from being good in the eyes of the law, to being whole and being fully human. And I think if there's anything the Sermon on the Mount teaches us, it's how to be fully human and how Jesus talks about very earthy, very human things um, in order to just bring wholeness to our human experience. It wasn't just kind of airy-fairy, in-the-sky, spiritual stuff that Jesus talked about. It was really, you know, the blood, sweat and tears of the human experience and he's calling us into wholeness as his people. And so we've just sort of moved through those. And before we, moved on, we, before we move on to the next section, I just wanted to pause and I guess <clears throat> not re- necessarily revisit those six but just have a really good look at the last verse in that chunk of scripture which finishes in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 48 Jesus says be perfect therefore as your heavenly father is perfect which are big words and strong words um, for us to hear and I think it's just important that we just spend a bit of time looking at them before we move on but firstly I came across a prayer this week that um, I really liked in terms of the Holy Spirit. And um, I think I've got it up there for you. Yes. And I actually just want us to pray this together tonight. So I'm going to read it out to start with. um, And then I'll just... Heavenly King, Advocate, Spirit of Truth, You are everywhere present and you fill all things. Treasury of blessings, bestower of life, come and dwell in us. Cleanse us, O good one. Have mercy on us. Amen. I really, I'll tell you why I really enjoyed this prayer when I came across it um, this week. In this prayer, I suppose, it holds two of the tensions that I often feel are present in my prayer life and in my Christian experience. 
And these are the two things. The first is the knowledge that God is present in everything, all things. There is no thing here on earth that God is not present to. His, his presence fills the earth. So many of our scriptures talk about the reality of this. He is in all things. He is through all things. In him, all things hold together, whether it's the wooden pulpit or our bodies or our communities. The presence of God fills all things. There is nowhere we can go to escape the presence of God. Yeah? So it's like we don't need to go anywhere to find God because God's here and he's present and he's in all things. And yet, so that's, that's one side of the tension. The other side of the tension is that somehow I think it's also true that we can draw near to God and God can draw near to us. But there, it's a bit of a paradox because if God is in all things, through all things and in him all things hold together, there is nowhere closer we can draw near or nowhere closer that he can draw near to us because... We can't go anywhere where he's not. If I move here, he's just as much here as if I move there. If I'm turning my attention towards God, he's just as much present to me if I've forgotten about him and I'm just doing whatever I want. I cannot get away from his presence. And yet it is a reality, I think, that in our spirits, in our souls and in our minds, we can actually draw near and turn our attention towards. And perhaps the best way of putting it is, become more aware of what is already there. And so we need kind of like both revelations in our life. There is nowhere you can go where God's presence and his spirit is not alive and moving. He's gone before you. He is in everything. And yet it is also true that in your own walk, in your own life, you can turn your attention towards God. And that's what we're going to be doing tonight as a group, turning our attention towards God. Not because he's not here. Not because if we pray or sing or seek him hard, he's going to come magically. Because he's already here. He is in all things. He feels all things. In him, all things hold together. But tonight, it's like we're just going to open our eyes a little wider and our hearts a little softer to that reality. And so this prayer which says you are everywhere present and you fill all things and then we ask him to come and dwell with us. They're the two contrasts. He's already dwelling in us but it's still good to pray. Come and dwell in me, Holy Spirit. So we're going to pray this prayer together just before we move on. Is that all right? Can we do that? And Holy Spirit, we do pray that tonight our hearts would become softer, our eyes would become more awake to your presence which is here with us and in us. Make us more aware of your goodness, God. Make us more aware of your gifts, Holy Spirit. Make us more aware of your gentle tenderness as you love on us, God. We draw near to you. Come and draw near to us, O oh God. 
Amen. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Anyone perfect? Anyone good? (laughs) When you read these uh, verses as the conclusion to these, you have heard it said, it just feels like, if you read it at face value, that Jesus, you're just setting the bar a bit too high. Like, come on, we know no one is perfect, not even one. Isn't that also in Scripture? (laughs) So why are you saying to us, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect? Well, let's, I just want to unpack it a tiny bit. And of course, it has to do with what that word perfect means, yeah? So in the Greek, that word perfect is the word teleos, which actually means whole or complete. It's often also translated mature. When we think of the word perfect, we think of like, there is no blemish in that. There is nothing, there is absolutely nothing wrong with it. It's like perfect. It's like ideal. It's like, it's just amazing. There's no blemish at all. That's how we kind of like use the word perfect. But that's not really how this word is used um, in scripture and probably in Jesus's time. Um, The word perfect in those times was used more like, like complete. So if you are doing a jigsaw puzzle and you stop 10 pieces before the end, your jigsaw puzzle is imperfect. Or if you start running a race and you haven't yet crossed the finish line, then your race is not perfect. But once you cross the finish line, your race is perfect. And once you put in the last piece of the puzzle, your jigsaw puzzle is perfect. That's the more, like, that's the use of the word. So when Jesus says to us, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect, he's talking more about be complete, be whole, be mature. It's like, like this apple. I asked Freya to find me the nicest apple in our um, <clears throat> apple bowl. So, like, this is, this is a pretty good-looking apple. It's got no... Um, gross spits on it. If I gave this to my kids, they'd happily eat it. Do you ever like give your kids an apple and they reject it because it's got like a bruise or it's just got a bit on it, like a, a bit that they could eat around, but no, they don't. So this apple is pretty perfect, but if I take a bite and chew for a while, imperfect apple. This is what Jesus is talking about. Be perfect. Don't take bites out of one another. Um, don't take bites out of life. No, it's like... I didn't drop the apple. I didn't bruise the apple. I didn't stick my fingernail in the apple. I didn't introduce a bug to the apple. I took a bite. The apple's imperfect now. That's the meaning of the word teleos. In scripture, there are some other examples of the word teleos. In Ephesians 4.13, when Paul's writing to the church and he's talking about, you know, I've given the church apostles and prophets and teachers and pastors and blah de blah Why? Because they will do their thing until we all reach maturity, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, teleos, until we teleos, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. 
Colossians. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone, teleos, perfect in Christ. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be teleos, mature and complete, not lacking anything. There is no fear in love, but teleos love, perfect love, complete love, whole love, that kind of love casts out all fear. And he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion, epitelios, perfection. He who began a good work in you is going to bring you to perfection until the day of Jesus Christ. So this is, the, this is what Jesus is talking about when he says, be perfect there, therefore as your heavenly Father is perfect. It is not like raising the bar too high for us to jump. It is not making outrageous ideals that we can't achieve. This is not about achieving anything. This is about God maturing us, God making us whole, God making us complete, Jesus doing his work in us. And this is the great revelation, I think, of the Sermon on the Mount. This is why it's the grand summary. This is why it's the nine-word high point of the Sermon on the Mount because this is what Jesus is driving home at in everything that he says. He's basically saying to us and to the listeners back then, I did not come to make you good. I came to make you whole. I haven't come to make it harder for you. I haven't like raised the bar so that you can't jump it anymore. I've come to complete you. I've come to finish my work in you. I've come to make you whole. I've come to, to fill you up and bring maturity to your human life. It's utterly transformational in the way that Jesus is using it. And yet so often I think in our thinking and in our gospel presentations, in the way that we read scripture, we, we just often see Jesus as a transaction. Like Jesus came, he paid some kind of price to someone, we're not really sure who, um, and we've got forgiveness, thanks Jesus, and now I'm right. And somehow in all of that, I need to try to be good because that's my payback to God for his goodness to me. Like often that's some kind of, that's a mush-up version of like the gospel that we often give that Jesus has somehow just come to forgive us. But forgiveness is simply the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ in our life. Jesus has come to make us whole. He didn't come to make us good. And so every time we've gone through these six, you have heard it said, but I tell you, we've been opening up new ways of wholeness. And so we read, do not murder, you know, we know murder is wrong. Don't, don't murder, be good, don't be bad, don't kill someone. And most of us can go, sweet, I haven't murdered anyone this week or last week or, or the week before. And so we feel really good about ourselves. And if Jesus was a transaction, we could tick the box and think, great, I've passed that test. I haven't murdered anyone, Jesus. But Jesus isn't just satisfied with you ticking the box that says you haven't murdered anyone. He wants to make you whole and so he pushes the button on your anger and he says you've heard it said don't murder but I tell you I want to talk about your anger I want to talk about what's in your heart and while we're talking about anger how about you let me into what's even deeper than your anger 
which is your hurt and your brokenness and your selfishness that actually drives your anger. Because I want to make you whole in that place. If I get in there and complete you, you don't even have to worry about the law that says don't murder. It's not even going to cross your mind. And then he moves on to, to adultery. And he said, you have heard it said, don't commit adultery. And most of us in the room, don't put your hand up, are going to say, yes, last week I did not cheat on my husband or my wife. Right? And we can tick the box of goodness and feel really good about ourselves. And in terms of the law, go, great, I've made it. But Jesus is not satisfied with us just ticking the box on adultery. He's like, while we're at it, let's talk about your lust. How about we go deeper than you just being good or looking good because you can keep it in your pants? How about we talk about the lust in your life? How about we talk about your deep desires? What, what, what your sexuality is like and what's driving you and what your desires are. I want to get in that place, in that deep place in your life, in the loneliness and the feelings of hopelessness and the sadness and all the, the stuff that drives your lust. I want to get in there and make you whole because if I make you whole in that place, you don't have to worry about looking at a man or a woman with lust in your eyes because you're going to be whole so deep on the inside. That's where Jesus is going. And he goes on and he goes on and he goes on. He's taking us down from goodness into the depths of our humanness where we're raw and we're real and we're broken and we're desperate for his presence to heal us and set us free and transform us so that we are made new. This is the life that Jesus is offering to us. This is what he's holding out to us when he's speaking on the Sermon of the Mount. I can transform you in your deepest places so you no longer have to worry and stress and try to be good because I've come so much deeper than that. I'm going to make you whole. Forgiveness is just the beginning. Jesus is driving us down into transformation, into those deeper places of our heart and our soul that we don't often show one another and perhaps rarely we admit to God also. Those deep places. That's where the Spirit of God wants to get in, to bring healing and wholeness, to transform us in deep places and just do his work and bring his love and bring his goodness. And this kind of work, this transformation work, this work of completion, this teleos, this wholeness, this work is utterly the work of the Holy Spirit. This is not really at all what you can do. This is just the work of God in our lives. We can't magic it up as much as we would like God to sometimes wave a magic wand over our lives and fix us. This is the deep work of the Holy Spirit. It takes time. He is faithful. He is patient. He is gentle. He is tender. And he'll just get in there and do his work over the season of your life from beginning till end until he completes you in wholeness on the inside. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. And we can participate, I suppose, in this work in all kinds of ways, but really the only thing we can do is be open. It's just to open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit and to say to God, just do your work, God. Here I am, I'm willing. This is my life, I present it to you. All of my anger, all of my lust, all of my fear, all of my shame, all of my hatred, all of my revenge, 
all the lies I believe. This is my life. I give it to you. Holy Spirit, do your work. That's all we can do. Bear, roar, open before God. And in those places, our hearts are soft and God creeps in and he does beautiful things. Ruth Haley Barton is a writer and she writes a lot about the work of transformation and she says this, Spiritual transformation is the process by which Christ is formed in us for the glory of God, for the abundance of our own lives and for the sake of others. She goes on to say, Spiritual transformation is something of a paradox. It is natural for Christ followers to grow and change, just as it is natural for human beings to grow and change from infancy to childhood to adolescence to adulthood. The seed of the Christ's life, which is everything we need for life and godliness, that seed is planted within us at salvation. And if the conditions are right, that seed will grow and flourish. At the same time, the process of transformation is also supernatural in that it is something only God can accomplish in our lives through the work of the Holy Spirit. It is one of the great mysteries of our faith that takes place in and through the Trinity as God transforms us into the image of Christ through the real presence of the Holy Spirit. We can find ways to be open to this miraculous work of God, but we cannot control it or make it happen in ourselves or anyone else. We can find ways to be open, but we can't control it. And so before, you know, as a church, we move on to the next section in the Sermon on the Mount, I just really wanted us to have some space together as a community to be open to be open to the Holy Spirit, to be still, to ask the Holy Spirit if there's any, anything he wants us to participate more fully in when it comes to our own wholeness and transformation, to just be able to sit and invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us, whether that's to convict us or to comfort us, the Holy Spirit knows and I thought, what better night to do it on than Pentecost, when we're just celebrating the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so there are ways we can be open. There are ways it doesn't make God's presence or work in our life any faster because he's in all things and through all things and at work all the time. So tonight is not magic. It's not the magic bullet that's going to fix you. It's just one moment in time where you draw near to God, awaken your heart and your soul, and the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what he's already doing in the hidden depths of your lives. And maybe, maybe for a little while you'll see it more deeply and then become more awake to it in the coming weeks. That's what a night like tonight is, is for. So we're going to wait. We're going to let ourselves be honest. We're going to confess if we need to confess. We're going to worship. We're going to be still. We're just going to be together as a church family and let the Holy Spirit move in our lives and move amongst us. And so we're going to do something that will be familiar for those of you who've been around for a while and unfamiliar and possibly slightly uncomfortable for those of you who haven't and I'm fine with that. I'm very happy making people uncomfortable. This is what's going to happen. 
in the life of our church over the years, we've often done these nights. We usually call them all-you-can-eat nights because, like, when you go to a buffet, you don't have to eat everything. You can just eat dessert if you want, yeah? You go to, like, I don't know, where is... Is, is um, Sizzler, oh, Master Builders is, yeah. Master Builders. Do they still do it? Oh, I've, yeah, still dirty. Well, tonight's not dirty, but it's the same concept. Um... When you go there, you don't have to eat vegetables. You can eat dessert. You can have six servings of pavlova, or you can just eat the pork crackling that they deep fry. Um, It's up to you. And so sometimes in the life of our church, we've had these nights, and we call them all you can eat. This isn't quite one of them, but it's picking up on some of the same concepts. What I mean by it is, in a minute, Brian and Jess are going to get up, and they're just going to worship for the next 15 minutes. And if you want to just sit in your chair and worship with them or sit with your eyes closed and be with God and talk to the Holy Spirit, you can do that. Um, If you want to do some other things, there's going to be a few other things on offer around the room. So over here on that side, there is some writing paper, there is pastel crayons, there's pencils, you can draw, you can do art, you can journal. Just go and grab paper. There's a couple of clipboards. If not, grab a book. If you want to journal, journal. Um, If you want to draw, draw. Um, You can do whatever you want. Over in this like L-shaped where you guys are, um, we're going to just have a prayer space. So if you want someone to pray for you at any stage in the next 15 minutes, all you have to do is go and sit on the pew there. And there'll be some of us floating around. We'll just come come and pray for you. So you can receive prayer if you want to receive prayer. If you're sitting there, someone's going to assume that you might want to be prayed for. So if you don't want to be prayed for, you might want to move. Just just a heads up. Um, And then over on this side, down in this corner, Linda's going to be here. There is communion available for you. Um, My encouragement to you before you, if you want to take communion and you don't have to, is to just come with a humble heart. Um, Come having asked the Holy Spirit to cleanse you. Come ready to confess if you know there's something you need to confess. And just be prayerful before you approach the communion table and then receive the communion. And Linda has got oil that she can anoint you with as a sign of the Holy Spirit. If you don't want to be anointed with oil because it's going to wreck your, like, T-zone, just let her know. Um... (laughs) And she won't do that. But she can pray a blessing over you. She can anoint you with oil. The other thing that will be happening is Caitlin and Hannah. Hi, Caitlin and Hannah. They're going to be sitting on that other pew up the back. So, boys, you might want to, well, you might want to stay. And they have got um, henna. And if you want a symbol of the Holy Spirit drawn on you, a dove or a flame, to remind you this week of the ever-present presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, then they will henna you up the back, okay? Um, So that's what's going to be happening. Journaling, worship, henna, prayer, communion. And the whole time is really just space for you to be open. You can do everything, although you might, would, you might be doing it quickly. You can do one thing. You can do three things. It's, it's a buffet. Um, it's a buffet. But my, my encouragement to you is to be open, to invite the Holy Spirit to be in your life, and to just minister to you. And so as Brian and Jess get up, I'm just going to lead us in a prayer and maybe just lead us in a time where we draw near to the Holy Spirit. 
Once they start singing, you're free to move around as you need to. Just be mindful that there might be people receiving prayer and people wanting to be quiet. So just, you know, be mindful. And I, you know what? I really tried. We were going to do a confession thing with fire where you could write a sin down. <laughs> just one or something. And you could, like, burn it. But then I'm like, we were just working out logistics and... I tried to find some flash paper. So like, cause you know that magic, you can write on, anyway, I couldn't find it. Oh, I was, it was too late an idea, need to buy it online. Anyway, so your confession will just have to be out of your heart, not, not burnt in a fire. Um, so anyway, why don't you just close your eyes and. Oh Jesus, your words, be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect, Jesus, we just hear you speak those words out over each one of our lives this afternoon. Jesus, that your heart and your vision for each one of us is that our lives would be whole and complete, just as God in his fullness lacks nothing. And so, God, we know when we're honest with ourselves that our lives, they're not yet whole. And so we come before you with all our broken bits, with all our wounds and our deep desires, with our very humanness, God, we come before you. And we open ourselves up to the transforming work of your Holy Spirit. Come into the deep places of our lives. God, we say come. We know that you are already there at work in us because you are faithful. But we come and we say we want to meet with you. And so just as you're sitting on your chair, I want you to just picture Jesus standing in front of you. Maybe he's kneeling. says your name and he says be whole be complete like our heavenly father is complete and I want you to just ask Jesus this question Jesus, this afternoon, what area of my life do you want me to open up to you?
And then when you have heard Jesus bring something to your attention, I want you in your own words to just ask the Holy Spirit to fall upon you in that area, to be the oil of anointing, to be the wind, the gentle breeze of God the very breath of God, the fire of God, to be in that part of your life. And I want you to just stay open in that area tonight. And just be led by the Spirit of God to know how it is that He wants you to just receive of Him tonight. If it's prayer, if it's worship, if it's stillness, if it's taking the time to journal some honesty, if it's taking communion and being anointed with oil, we bring ourselves to you, Holy Spirit. And we just say, have your way in us, God. Have your way in us, God. Thank you. We might... um just close off our time together with um, singing one of the songs we started with. I don't know which one. You pick. Um, so if you're still writing, praying, drawing, eating, penthousing, hennering, that's fine. Keep doing that. But maybe to finish we'll just sing something. And I'm just reminded of, um, no, it's all right. I, I, you know, when, when we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit, we're really just paying attention to what He's already doing in us. And it's like He does open our eyes to the hidden and the deep work that He is doing. And it's not for knowledge's sake alone. It's for the abundance of your life and for the sake of the world. And so as we sing this last song, I want you to keep, I just want you to have those phrases rolling over in your mind. It's for the abundance of your life and the sake of the world. God wants to make your life abundant. He wants to fill you up and complete you, even you, Kai. He wants us to be thriving and alive. And, and, and joyful for our own sake. So life will be good and for the sake of the world. Because the world needs God's people to be whole and to minister wholeness. So let's just sing and feel the joy of Kai and the Holy Spirit and um, finish off our time together in that way. Is that good? Thank you, Brian. Let's stand up. For the abundance of our lives and the sake of the world. And so we worship you, God. Thanks for listening. If you want to check out more about Central, visit us at centralchurch.org.au. Music by Chris D'Souza, a beloved member of Central. <laughs>